that scare me, I'm already dead inside. Hey, Scaredy Cats, we're back in the middle of the week to give you our final rundown on the Toronto After Dark Film Festival, which just wrapped a few days ago. Yeah, we just finished up, uh, and that means that we're finally done the festivals. <laughs> yeah, watched a lot of movies in a short period of time. Yeah, which I mean isn't isn't a great way to start a recording about our excited <laughs> excited coverage. No, we're excited. It was a blast. Definitely. Oh, it was. A, I I really loved it. I had such yeah. a great time. I saw more movies. Like this was mm-hmm. so much fun. Toronto After Dark had just some great picks and a great atmosphere. It's a lot of like. I mean, TIFF is its own thing because you're running all over the city from theater to theater. You yeah. never know what screen you're in or what line to stand in. This has the benefit of routine. You know where mm-hmm. to go. It's always just the same screen at Scotiabank. Yeah. You know where your line is. Yeah. You know what to expect, how early you have to be there. So it just yeah, it lot feels of familiar, a lot smoother. A lot of familiar faces. Yeah. Um, it's kind of <laughs> like it's the same because it is one theater. It's the same general group of people who have all these passes. And it feels like class in that you kind of get and you know where you're going to sit. Yeah. You always <laughs> see the same kind of people beside you, the same people in front of you, the same people behind you. Yeah. The first day you get to choose. But after that, you're you're committed to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it was fun. It was just a really fun, um, fun festival to go to and... We have a lot of movies to talk about. Yeah. And one thing we aren't going to talk about, but we should mention too, is they do a great job at throwing a bunch of Canadian shorts at the start of each one of those films. So we got a nice little survey of Canadian filmmakers and a lot of really exciting up and coming talent, it seems. Totally. Yeah. Um, I had, there are just great moments in the theaters with some big laughs, some big, like, (gasps) like in some of those little canadian short films so that was awesome um yeah I, I love it i mean there's i was reading this book about the history of cinemas in toronto yeah and that's just a thing that used to happen you always you would used to have just a few shorts before yeah. a feature a little opening kind of act and that's great i mean we're already sitting there for 20 minutes of car commercials and previews yeah. that we don't want to watch so i mean i love the idea of having a little short film i mean no more than 10 minutes let's be yeah. reasonable but yeah. I love the idea of having that little like appetizer before the main course. Yeah, and and uh, like we said, it's like class. A lot of familiar faces in there. So you're you're chatting, you're getting ready for the movie, you're probably laughing, you're looking at your phone, you're doing whatever, and then you get a little bit of an introduction of both the short film and the the feature that's about to play, mm-hmm. um, and then you get to watch a short kind of horror creepy film to get you into sort of the mood for what's about to come. Yeah. And it's they did, a curated opening act for your movie. They it's did awesome. a great job choosing short films that would complement and prime you for those features. Yeah, totally. It was yeah. awesome. And, and I mean, the caliber of some of them were like, seemed like they had a little bit of a budget and a little bit of time and made a, a cool little short film. And some of them were like, you know, converted like Instagram videos and stuff like that. It's true. The, the quality definitely ranged, but... But it they was, always picked ones that even if they were lower quality fit the content yeah. of the short. The idea or, you know, the effectiveness was mm-hmm. it was merit based in that way. Totally. Know, rather than just, you know, a budget and a director. It's cool. So let's get into some of these features. Um, Ooh, we got a lot of them. I'm going to kick it off with J.J. Abrams Overlord. Oh, yes. come, that's This is the highest profile get that they got for the festival. This is like mm-hmm. the biggest studio. Clearly had the biggest budget out of any film that was shown there. Sure. It's a J.J. Abrams produced movie. It's a big war movie. Big war movie. But 
that's kind of the backdrop for what actually is kind of like a mutanty creaturey zombie type movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there were rumors um, for months and years about this one being potentially a Cloverfield prequel. Sure. Right? Because everything J.J. Abrams touches is a Cloverfield spinoff of some kind. And unless the script changed dramatically, that has to be it. It has to be just because J.J. Abrams' name was attached because I don't see how this would have been Uh, in the Cloverfield universe. I mean, like with the everything that's in the movie in its current form, it would be a stretch to try to see how the two would fit in together. I see. Um, But they don't have any, any problem with that. Yeah. (laughs) Cloverfield universe these days. Stretching logic is not something that's, a problem there's, for the Cloverfield there's universe. Not enough logic to go around. They got to stretch it, as we now know from <laughs> pair of socks. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is World War Two. A lot of just big studio actiony things. Starts with just um, you know one squad. What do you call it? Platoon. <laughs> Platoon. One group of soldiers in a plane tasked with taking down a radio tower. Um, their plane goes comes under fire and they get shot down and only a few survive now they're in nazi occupied france they're trying there's only like a handful of them trying to get into the small town take down a radio tower that actually it takes like an hour of the movie before we even get to kind of the mutanty creature stuff and that's kind of a huge issue (laughs) that's a little long it's a little long for someone who wants the creature stuff and doesn't care so much about the war stuff it's it's, that would be what i would want to yeah 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 so you're kind of like come on let's move this along let's when do we start to see some stuff and then by the time you get there there are a couple few incredible awesome well done scenes Mm -hmm. um with kind of what what the creature mutanty type thing is but overall i feel there's it's there's far too few of them i would have liked just so much more of the second half of the movie like i just i want more of those kind of creature things i guess i was just assuming with this concept that it would be more closer to world war z so i was expecting like a horde of oh so not zombies fighting people in trenches that's that's what this movie was marketed as i feel really like that a bunch of monsters were gonna just attack people in a war setting yeah i guess that's what i got in my mind so i was kind of let down a bit in terms of the scale of the thing there are still some good big action scenes but nothing that isn't just things we've seen a hundred times in terms of a studio action movie yeah that's all there's no yeah big no cool world no cool logic or whatever no like a bit a bit of cool aspects um that are clearly influenced by movies like reanimator okay there's a lot of a lot of those kinds of things so if you do like movies like reanimator and i guess world war ii dramas Mm -hmm. (laughs) then it could be for you but i was i was ultimately disappointed with this one all right if you like reanimator world war ii drama combos yeah a combo that you never thought you'd put together like let's say like saving private ryan and reanimator that's what this movie is (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah that's that sounds like if you hadn't told me that i gotta wait a long time to get the mutiny creature yeah that sounds kind of up my alley sure what's worse than you know just the enemy soldier shooting at you if it's a mutant creature coming at you Mm -hmm. that's that's a good way to make war a little more horrific but not if i gotta wait for it you do gotta wait is it long it felt long (laughs) uh yeah i feel like it's closer to the two hour mark yeah okay yeah all right well that's that's overlord that's how overlord went huh well Mm -hmm. i got a movie to talk about if you're interested let's hear it it's called life changer Mm -hmm. yeah um so this one was interesting um it's this is the guy with the big beard on the cover that's yeah that's the big marketing and i guess the trailer as well is all about this big silver-haired hipster beard man right he has a man man bun bun. too yeah Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, he he is one of the actors who comes in to play because this movie is about a shapeshifter. Mm. Um, so so basically, there's this um, shapeshifter who um, starts the movie really with you don't know what's going on, but it's it's in the process of shapeshifting where it needs to take um, somebody's body by like engaging with the, their skin, grabbing their skin, and then it turns its own body into theirs by like sucking the life force out of them so then it's got a pretty cool effect and whatever and this is sort of the crux of the movie but he has to do this um pretty frequently as the body begins to decay that's what happens to him so there's like a time limit on a body that he takes yes and it's like it's narrated by this main character um i don't know if the voice is of that like silver-haired guy from all the advertising because that's sort of the last main one he ends in for the movie so it's you sort of identify with that as being the character but it is this sort of imageless character with a man's voice um narrating over how he felt and how you know it used to last a lot longer a body like this could last me a year (laughs) or whatever but something is causing him to have to continuously more frequently like every few days find someone isolate that person and then body swap body swap and that that's killing them he is just killing these people um and then uh he's he's got this plot of land where it's like a, a farmland where he's able to take them out put them in an incinerator and then bury the ashy bones and nobody knows anything about it um so because uh this is happening more frequently and he's having to do it like more hastily he can't plan he can't find somebody on the fringes to take their body or whatever he needs that guy from i'll take your dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's the sequel to both dude that it's so funny that those two movies came out i'll take your dead being uh, sort of a farmer guy who has no choice but to deal with people's bodies dispose of them professionally yeah. um <laughs> and this guy who has no guy choice but who's generating bodies yeah. and needs to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah it's hilarious that they're both in the same festival but um so because of this like a neighbor notices some woman walking off of the property having just seen smoke from a fire and then sure enough the police are called and this puts into motion mm. the fact that there's like a manhunt for the fact that dozens and dozens and dozens of of um different human remains were discovered on this property and he's having to swap out really quickly so there's constantly new bodies so this is the key action of the movie this is, is yeah chase this is where in in this creature's timeline the movie takes place like right as sort of everything's coming to a head and right you have to swap more and more more quickly and um basically there's this woman who's constantly at this bar that he frequents um, and this woman's just always just there. She has lost her husband and she's, uh, just always sitting at the bar, just talking to whoever sits next to her. She doesn't care. And just like sort of looking for some companionship literally via conversation. But he frequents as different people. He's constantly showing up as different people. That's and, nice. and so sometimes she'll meet someone, have like a good encounter with them. And then he will take their body and then he will exist as the second encounter with that person. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like she does get to meet people more than once in this way right. and, and further relationship. So he's, yeah, he's trying to further his relationship with her because they have a history. And the, like I said, everything's coming to a head as this is all occurring and he can't hold on to a body for it seems like more than a day. So the murders become more frequent. The way he does it is in this very, in sort of a, it, uh, it follows kind of dating 
for nefarious purposes kind of way. Like I have to do this. There's no other way. So he has to be kind of charming and nice at all times. And he because has he to, needs just that time alone with someone. He needs to get them alone and, you know, to kind of trust them and whatever. And right. he always seems to get pretty romantic with them. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's very like inside of this guy's head cause it's constantly being narrated as to what he feels about mm, it. A lot of voiceover. Yeah. Um, and the moments of horror are like really just more like y- you get right off the bat that he doesn't want to be doing this. He has no choice. Um, and the interesting part is seeing him like, you know, once he switches, like, you know, taking the wallet and looking at it and trying to become this person so that he can exist hiding in plain sight as long as he can. Right. So he like takes on families and like, he's this like middle-aged guy at one point and you know, as he's doing this, their marriage is falling apart because he doesn't know any history. He doesn't have any connection with the wife. He doesn't really know the kids or anything. So he's just like drinking and spending most of his time at work or at a bar or whatever, you know? Wow. Yeah. So he's like destroying lives, of course, in the process. And the the movie is basically what is the relationship that he has to this woman and who is he and where is he going and why is, the, you know, the, right. the ball rolling down the hill, what's going to happen? Yeah, that's an interesting take because usually in all the body swap movies that I feel like I've seen, they're just kind of unequivocally this evil force that needs to be conquered by some other protagonist. We never yeah. have the body swap person as the protagonist. I'm thinking of movies like um taken with denzel washington where this demon just keeps hopping bodies it's from the mid 90s oh, okay. it's incredible okay i was gonna like take him with liam neeson there's, there's one no no an earlier taken and <laughs> oh no sorry fallen Fall- it's called oh, fallen. okay 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 f-a-l-l-e-n yeah fallen and there's like one incredible scene where he's kind of walking down a street and this demon can swap bodies just by touching another body they can instantly just flip over to a new person yeah so he's like this one scene where he's walking down a street and strangers just kind of keep touching each other and they make the same devilish eye contact with him the whole time the, the demon is just hopping bodies along oh that sounds like an awesome sequence it's great i i haven't seen the movie in like probably close to 20 years but i loved it when it came out when sure. i was younger yeah put it in the queue yeah that one and then taking lives with angelina jolie where you have a young paul dano um as like this evil guy i guess demon force too but also they're hopping bodies around so mm. why it's called taking lives sure <laughs> and they always end in that confrontation of getting a body swapper alone somewhere where they can't they don't have a choice to there's no one to swap a body right to. so okay. is that like how the final act of no uh, um no because Rob- it, it is like a process it almost seems like whenever he takes a body it's like an not a necessarily an overnight affair but that's always the context that it occurs in right like the next day he's someone else kind of thing and so in the as things come to a head right near the end i think he remains in that one body of the gotcha the big silver haired beard man um for the the most of the the third act all right that's life changer yeah it was it was fun if you like those weird mostly cerebral movies with a couple cool reveals along the way and admittedly very interesting gross looking body swap effects and props and makeup it's pretty cool if you like those sorts of movies keep your keep your eyes out for life changer it's definitely worth the hour and a half nice yeah fun time all right i'm going to talk about mega time squad next which is one I was very much looking forward to from New Zealand. Um, so, you know, a comedy mm-hmm. genre film where you think of things automatically like what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Um, there's another one. There's like an Aubrey Plaza one, um, a time travel movie. Uh, Aubrey Plaza time travel one. Are you thinking of um, that low budget? I think so. Indie sci-fi. Yeah. That's not New Zealand though. No, it's not. Sorry. It's just. In the oh, you're thing. thinking, are oh, you thinking a, a, a low budget? 
time yeah. travel movie yeah that's kind of funny and gotcha yeah yeah that's mark duplass what that what is that I one just called derailed us by bringing this up no no, no but i i did really like that one uh, um uh, no, uh it has to do with like a newspaper listing because that's where he she finds him oh yeah um the title has something to do with that yeah you're right on not man seeking woman but uh it's like three word title dude you're so right on i can see the poster i know i know but yeah so mega time squad is like that (laughs) in the sense (laughs) that it's like yeah low budget um time travely movie um this one centers on this kind of hilarious protagonist who's got somewhat low self-esteem um is trying to kind of commit a robbery with a friend to pay a debt and in the midst of that robbery they end up finding this bracelet that allows you to kind of jump back in time about a minute or so and then kind of warn yourself about something that's about to happen okay okay so the idea or the the problem that he eventually encounters is that it only really works out for you if you're when you go back in time one minute you don't interrupt your old self to hit that button to go back in time a minute because if you catch yourself and you say hey no don't press that button then that self will remain and then there'll be two of you. Oh, okay. Right? So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Because that's the logic behind it. Because if you say you hit your cell phone and you go back in time one minute, then you're back in time one minute and you can observe yourself for 60 seconds. But then at the end of that 60 seconds, you'll watch the other you go back in time one minute and then it'll be a closed loop and it'll be okay. Oh, I see. So the only way it gets interrupted is if you say, hey, don't press that button and then more of you come out. So he starts to figure this out and realize that he can kind of get away with some of the crime that he needs to do by just like creating essentially like an army of himself. (laughs) But then that fucks up the fact that there's way too many of him. And when everything's said and done, like there's just so many of him that he has to deal with and they can get killed. But how do you like, they all insist that they're the right one. So how do you, those are kind of the hijinks that, that shoot the movie forward. And this bracelet, there's like a, a little bit of a mythology behind it that they allude to about, Oh yeah, some this demon will eventually come along for you if you if you uh, use it too much. Okay, so there is a bit of a sort of history to the the Th- item itself. There is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they tease that, and they tease this demon thing. And I would have liked that follow through on a little bit more. Like we don't yeah. really get a full force demon in the way that you might expect. So that's that's a little bit disappointing. Okay. And it's so it's I think it's a lot of fun when you're watching it, just like any of these kind of time loopy movies are. You want to see what they do with that logic. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, I feel like one of the issues of this film is that the third act, so kind of the climax of this film, has the least amount of that time loopy fun stuff. Like a lot of that uh, is in the first couple acts. That's where you want it to like all the rules you've learned throughout the yes, movie. That's just where you want it to hammer be, home. Exactly. Just that's where you want it to really like take it to its full extent. Yeah. But use they what don't you've do learned and do it all now. Exactly. Examples. But instead when it gets to kind of the climax of the film and the, the kind of main antagonistic force is kind of dealt with that stuff is all over, uh, which is that's kind of a bit of a letdown. But overall, I still think it was a lot of fun. I'm always on board to watch any of these, you know, primer coherent parallel realities clones that kind of stuff yeah always curious to see what they'll do with it and the fact that it had so much comedy in it um albeit a little juvenile comedy at a lot of times you kind of eye rolly um 
but I, I think that, it's, that's it's overall that, worth that's, checking out. That's hopeful for me because you <laughs> want it just, I, I think about this a lot now as I see like the new version of a slasher or this or that that comes out. You want the new teenager version of the time loopy movie to be, you know, for them and good. It sounds like it was a good enough movie. So yeah, I I'm imagine happy that I imagine if I was 31 years old and watched dude, where's my car? I would say a similar thing. <laughs> like, okay. It's the humor is a little juvenile overall, but it's this, enjoyable this movie aged very well <laughs> wow my, my god how did this not get nominated for any oscars <laughs> throwback thursday dude where's my car dude where's my car comedic brilliance which, which is basically just studios watching big lebowski and saying let's make this yeah. for teens <laughs> yeah <laughs> right it's the same with go and pulp fiction i'm sure i've explained this yes. somewhere deep in the archive somewhere yeah this is this is a common common theme yeah mega time squad if you like uh, New Zealand type humor like Flight of the Concords, what we do in the shadows and you want a cool time loopy thing it'll definitely be worth your time it's rewarding enough yeah similar in theme to that Aubrey Plaza movie safety, safety not, not guaranteed, guaranteed. <laughs> oh yes nice that's it yeah that was a that was interesting I don't want to spoil that movie too much did you watch it no okay never mind <laughs> let's yeah, continue so please, with please our please Toronto, <laughs> Toronto After Dark coverage so I watched another cool movie Toronto After Dark Mm-hmm. It's called You Might Be the Killer, mm-hmm. um, featuring everybody's favorite stoner from uh, Cabin in the Woods. And everyone's favorite, Allison Hannigan from <laughs> How I Met Your Mother <laughs> and American Buffy. Pie, Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a meta slasher, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and it's it takes place um, largely out of uh, chronological order of how people have been killed, but it is counselor camp counselors getting killed by a masked killer classic classic and it's got like it's got like grainy film look to like the title cards and and many cards that they put throughout the the movie so like trying to be a parody of those classic 80 slashers of course similar um score and all those sorts of things nice the pursuit shots with the killer are all very similar to that um but what's happening is uh, he is out in the woods and he starts witnessing this crazy killer murdering people mm-hmm. and he's just running away, running away, terrified again, camp counselor specifically. Um, and you know, you'll see like two of them get slashed and he runs away from that happening. And then it goes like on the screen, it goes like counselors killed six, seven, eight, you know, like j- the number jumps up because mm. two people just got killed or whatever. So you don't know what the first amount of people who just got killed were, you know? So it, it, it sort of, he's um remembering what happens basically because he's like shocked in a phone call that he's on with allison hannigan who's working at like a a horror themed like hobby store Hmm. called rings of saturn is she only ever in that store the whole movie yes wow she never leaves the store she's always just offering him advice and going like "Ooh, so you're probably gonna get killed then or (laughs) oh you don't want to go in there that's that always happens and she is um sort of like final girls she's just constantly referencing other horror movies um a couple that just a couple that i can remember um of course it's been been a little bit but um she referenced specifically maniac cop which was cool the other william Um, lusting one that we yeah maybe next september she was like talking about like what kind of ugly was this killer and she's like was he um like freddy or and then said another name and he's like i don't know who that is she's like maniac cop 
was like, dang, I wish I'd seen that now so I could know that Get reference. Get those d- deep cuts. Yeah. And um, there are several more. I'm having trouble remembering them. But that was sort of like her role. She's constantly bringing up other movies. Maybe... She's the expert. Yeah. Maybe the mask that the killer's wearing is is resulting in these things happening. Like this horror movie and this horror movie and this horror movie. It was really good. And I mean, somebody with a little bit more name recognition than, than me would be able to like probably go like, and these are the 700 movies that were referenced throughout the course of the movie. It is pretty satisfying that way to kind of easter egg hunt your yeah, way through it well i love that for just kind of making a to-do list yeah just totally. writing down titles we gotta check out yeah and uh so as the as the title suggests and as you know the fact that i named two main characters and one of them never leaves the the store that she's in mm-hmm. yeah he turn he's finds out slowly as he remembers that it's very likely that he is the one killing everybody yeah so then she starts saying she's like well i mean it's pretty likely you're gonna k- get killed then by jamie he's like what why <laughs> what? i'm like unstoppable how is she gonna he's like she's gonna be the final girl yeah. and this this effectively lasts for the running length of the movie this whole yeah this whole bit this whole bit it, it never it never goes away so it does co- sort of become um him trying to fight the the call of the mask mm-hmm. because like he doesn't want to do any of this you know and um but then dealing with the other ca- counselors the gore that occurs you know how like some fake outs along the way like they really tell the slasher story but basically the killer gets to be one of the victims as well going like no 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 no, i didn't mean to do it <laughs> and so it's really funny really lighthearted. um that sounds like a lot of fun yeah it was totally fun and i, I don't know i had a great time i think everyone's gonna love it just like many of those like horror comedies right uh, it's just a great meta slasher and apparently this one was based on a Twitter conversation that went back and forth yeah. uh, right along those lines where someone tweeted something like, oh, no, I'm out of camp and like oh, people yeah. keep getting killed. And then just one person particularly like kept asking them questions about it. And it just organically yeah. came yeah. into that moment. Like, I think you might be the killer. Yeah, exactly. And so what we get early on, he's like, oh, my God, it was just horrible. I just saw them all mangled up and I ran. I ran. I'm just freaking out. She's like, are you covered in blood? Yeah. 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 And he's like, no, I'm not. Well. You gotta you gotta yeah. go read that original thread. I'm sure. curious to see yeah. how close it is to the actual title. Because and, and that's amazing that whoever whoever these producers or writers were were like, hey, that that could totally be a movie, yeah. and just made it within one year or something insane. Yeah, and dude, that's really funny. I must read that because it's basically the first half of the movie mm-hmm. is her asking, "I'm like, oh man, that's terrible." Um, do you have some sort of like creepy mask on you? Yeah. It's like no. <laughs> are you sure and he's like pulling at his face he's like i'm pretty sure and then in his backpack of course it's in there there it is yeah he pulls it out and he freaks out of course and she's just idly thinking he's like hmm well i wonder what else it could be that's great it's great it's a really fun time i won't spoil the whole thing because there is there's lots of twists and turns and it's a really fun great time where you can even if you kind of know what's probably going to happen you can laugh through every single scene because they are sort of playing out the formula for a slasher awesome so even when he's doing his best to not fall into it it plays out that way anyway inevitably yeah a certain degree of fate so, just like all yeah yeah just like it's all camp those slasher those camp slashers so it's super fun in that vein in the slasher vein throw it on have a few drinks that's great, great i'm gonna time. make that one a priority man dude that totally great. You'll, you'll love it so that's you might be the killer mm-hmm. check it out and the next one i'm going to talk about is this film called the ranger mm. by jen wexler sounds like a slasher yeah and this one this one was very very exciting to watch because it just felt like a throwback to 
classic fun 80s slashers gimmicky 80s slashers yeah and fun horror is something that we're really lacking at least from the bigger studios these days yeah i, I mean with that all we're getting is just kind of big possession creepy jump scare movies you know mm-hmm. i mean for some reason they didn't take the lesson from movies like drag me to hell and cabin in the woods that people want to see fun horror movies yeah that totally. you want to have a fun time and that's why we love going back to the 80s because the 80s is just chock full of fun horror movies mm-hmm. and the ranger was another fun horror movie it is that is essentially is just punks punk <laughs> teens versus a maniac park ranger oh. he's just out to slaughter him dude it just sounds and so pure it. and so good it is it's just so it's just so straight line but also has like a little bit of good interesting density to it in terms of a substantial enough backstory to keep moving right. the whole thing forward okay yeah and it's that's, not like brainless like friday the 13th it's yeah. like a little bit more substantial that's where you can get like sort of the evolution to date you make homage to a great time where you can have a fun goofy slasher but mm-hmm. make it intelligent yeah well style. even something like the burning that just has like a yeah. good enough backstory to make the right. drama more palpable than you know, just, oh, it's a maniac person or it's someone yeah, getting yeah, revenge. Sure. So this one, like, it starts off with um, just some flashback scenes of this young girl witnessing her father's death and this park ranger kind of rescuing her and coming along. And then mm-hmm. it just cuts right forward to her as a teenager a bunch of years later in Sneaky D's down the road. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, they filmed it all in and around Toronto. I'm pretty sure it was Sneaky D's. I feel like I should have said that for um, Life Changer. Oh, yeah. Also well. Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and she's just with a bunch of her punk friends and they're doing this crazy weird drug that's <laughs> like a pink cocaine powder that makes this weird hallucinatory uh, field division happen. Okay. And just some shit goes down with the cops and they're now on the run and they're like, we got to fucking get out of here. They've got like a horrible van. They're all like horrible and annoying and mean to each other. They're just like this group of punks and group of shitheads. Yeah. And she's the one that suggests, Hey, like, look, I've got this old cabin in my family that, that belongs to my family that we can go stay at and hide for a while. I guess like we shouldn't just go camp there Mm -hmm. or the other friends like insist that, Hey, you've got that place, right? Let's go there. Anyways, they drive down. They finally arrive at this place they like stop at the gas station, rob the gas station for a bunch of snacks and beef jerky to eat, to survive <laughs> off of. And they kind of have no real plan. They're just like, she's the only one who's like, we have to make a plan. What are we going to do? We can't live here forever. And the other ones are just like, yeah, let's do some of this more pink stuff. Let's eat beef jerky. Let's make a fire. <laughs> they're like lighting the forest on fire. They're just insane. Shitheads. They're just total shitheads. And um, at the gas station, actually, they encounter the ranger, but the ranger doesn't at first really recognize the girl from when she was a child. But eventually... Mm after a few repeat encounters starts to realize like, it's you, you're back. You came back or whatever. Wow. Oh, okay. like, how are you doing? And he's a little creepy and you don't, you're not really sure what's going on there. Um, as the story unfolds, it becomes more clear. Um, anyways, this, the, the park ranger is insisting the park's closed. You cannot go in there. And they're like, it's her property, man. Like you can't do shit. Like we're, we're going in there. And this park ranger is just a little trigger happy <laughs> and abides by the book and just is like, you did littering. Like you can't litter in a national park. That's an offense. And like, he'll take that to the full extent time, time of, for punishment, time for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> so he uses like the protection of the park as this guy is to just slaughter everyone. Oh my God. I love like you think of the old, 
the classic archetype for the killer in a slasher is like it's the impure it's like it's the people having sex usually yeah. like that's a big sin you shouldn't do that you're this gonna get killed for it it's violating the park rules you drive a styrofoam cup on the ground <laughs> yeah fu- you're fucked exactly <laughs> that's awesome so wonderful it's a wonderful way to kind of twist that's that amazing in a slight way the whole soundtrack is done by um i think the screamer guy from alexis on fire wade i'm pretty sure that 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 one that guy's wade really um yeah he did all the music that's awesome yeah so it's like this really great punk soundtrack really great punk aesthetic the costumes are perfect it's just a really fun great slasher type movie um and i i hope it gets a big release i hope a lot of people see it definitely go check out the ranger that's top of my list now (laughs) wow that sounds so great it's a blast purely fun that's what it sounds like to me yeah and it's like you know it's not it's not um, a phenomenally deep or profound movie. It's sure. just like a nice straightforward slasher. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that's kind of what you want in homage. I don't really want in all circumstances. I don't want a really long, dark, hard to watch deep character version of like a ranger in a park. Yeah. We've just, we've just gotten so much of that now, especially yeah. with like, and I love a lot of the stuff studios like a 24 are doing, you know, with sure. Hereditary, it follows the witch. Those are great, but we've just gotten so much of that lately. So this was really refreshing to see. Yeah, that that just sounds so perfect. Yeah, man, that's high on my list. I'm gonna watch that real soon. That brings us to the final film that we saw, one that we actually watched together in the last. Oh yeah, last half of the festival. <laughs> right, I forgot that we could watch movies together. Yeah, both of us. We're like, oh wait, no, we have our own passes. Mm-hmm. And this one was interesting because. Um, I, at home, while trying to catch up with one of the screens we weren't going to be able to see, we had a few links to watch, um, I accidentally watched the first 20 to 25 minutes of this movie. Right up until the title card came in, you said. Yeah. And then you realize, oh shit, this isn't Life Changer. A few minutes after the <laughs> title card where I'm like, wait, which one was I watching? This doesn't seem, this doesn't really seem like a body swapping movie. <laughs> and yet you, you turned it off on your partner yeah because you wanted to see it on the big screen yeah so we were like enjoying it and then i'm like hey so i have to turn this off now she's like what <laughs> no this is good this is fine i'm like yeah i get that but i'm turning it off now i'm seeing this later <laughs> did she um watch the rest of it on her own after no you, so she's never seen the end of it no that's okay. correct <laughs> i just made her watch the first that was the end of it 25 minutes and she enjoyed it and then i took it away from her yeah and there's literally a password on that. Like she can't watch it if she wanted to mm-hmm. so take that Jody. This movie is the inhabitant, right? There's the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, um, it's an exorcism movie. Yeah. Possession exorcism movie. Yeah. And it's got a really great setup. I mean, the way, like how excited you're saying you were for that first 20 minutes. Yeah. Totally adds up because it starts off with just these three sisters committing a home robbery on a Senator because mm-hmm. they they're aware that he has all this cash on hand yes and she uh she one of the sisters has this debt that needs to be paid back because her life is in danger yeah yeah like she'll be killed if she doesn't get yeah. this money so this great stake set up they break in and they stumble upon the couple being awake in the house they have to kind of tie them up and contain them yeah and eventually when exploring the house they realize that their 10 year old daughter is chained up in the basement yeah in a lot in a locked room where she has to use a hammer to like knock the padlock off the door yeah goes in and strapped down to a bed is this little emaciated looking girl yeah and then them finding the girl triggers the parents to be like take the money leave please just keep her down there do not unlock her she needs to be chained yeah i'll give you whatever money you want but if you take her out of this house i'm gonna hunt you down yeah like it was a really a really uncomfortable moment where you're like 
the motivation of these people seems to be scared for their lives. They don't want to get hurt. They don't mm-hmm. want to, like the the wife of the senator was like very intimidated by like the gun being pointed at her. Like she's like, please just point this way. It's terrifying me. Like you could tell that they were scared, but then at the same time, it's like do not, don't you even yeah. dare. Like the fear have, of the home invaders paled in comparison to the fear of their daughter with whatever's wrong with her. Yeah, and being then, unleashed upon the world. Yeah, and then so the sister who had gone down and found her the daughter downstairs like can't even speak at first so it's a great reveal mm-hmm. like um she came and speak she comes upstairs after like looking into this room and going like what is going on and then she walks back upstairs we still don't know and she just starts like beating this guy up and get, has to get pulled off by her sisters like mm-hmm. what happened and she's like go look yeah so it's a really great really great setup and reveal yeah. great performances for this whole big build-up and then just the final tease we can give is they bring the daughter back upstairs so they're all kind of in the room together yeah and that kind of triggers weird shit start happening and yeah. happening in the house and it's clear that this daughter is possessed mm-hmm. and the movie kind of goes on from there yes the movie begins to um, investigate the shared past of these three girls in an incredibly dark and deep way and that was my favorite part of the movie really is the setup Mm -hmm. had me really excited for a different kind of movie than what the movie became yes i found that ultimately it just kind of fell back on a lot of possession horror movie tropes Mm -hmm. um a lot of ones that we've seen a lot of lately so it wasn't as enjoyable as at least that kind of contained one house setting promised at the beginning of the movie yeah yeah totally um and i could see we can't talk about this too much because I don't want to spoil it. And I think I think there is definitely enjoyment to be had in this movie if like you aren't maybe burned out on a somewhat typical um, por- portrayal of the exorcism possession, you know, troubled past type movie. Yeah. Um, if that's if you're not burned out and you just enjoy those experiences and like you know having the puzzle pieces fall into place and being like that's what it's all about i think that's exactly it dude because and we had just seen satan slaves like the day before watching this one um i had a friend that was at the screening and he loved this movie and he said he hadn't seen a possession movie in a few years so i think yeah yeah i think if you if you were jonesing for an interesting possession movie with some um different takes and some cool reality bending moments at times definitely yeah um then you will enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's a good movie. I just, where they decided to go with the story, you know, yeah. people like us who've seen so many things, I think can ask for a little bit more. It's an, yeah. It's just another one of those where just kind of the promise and the setup doesn't get executed in the way that we would have liked to see or that we yeah. thought they were going. And I'm sure you remember there's a couple like foul moments of, of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah, it gets dark in places where um, it doesn't seem merited. Yeah. like or it doesn't substantially justify or make palatable yeah you know it's sometimes like kind of a incredibly 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 dark explanation for something that maybe isn't justified or yeah isn't like, carefully handled look how dark antichrist is and everything feels justified and the pieces fall into place yeah, yeah. whereas the, there's a darkness in this movie that you're just like oh what you didn't what yeah. come on the, yeah the yeah. way the way that you've established everything so far it doesn't really fit this movie it seemed yeah i really just think there's like a dark distracting black hole that comes up in this movie yeah. you go like whoa really uh okay yeah but the rest of the presentation of the movie is in moments somewhat cliche, but also in moments somewhat super right. exciting and really well acted. And yeah. And I feel like our opinion is the most subjective on this one. Like that. This yeah. is, this is one that people might um, really enjoy. Yeah. I, I think people will. And, and in fact, for a lot of it, I enjoyed, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's some burnout to be considered and, 
And I think, yeah, you're right that we should uh, leave this one up to the listeners. Like, maybe you want to check out um, The Inhabitant. Yeah. And let us know if any of you checked these movies out, uh, what you thought about them. Yeah, by all means. Even you may be on the absolute other side of the fence, but we'd love to talk about it. Yeah, before, because you know, some of these are out already. Even you might be the killers. Uh, it played on sci fi the other week. So that is out in the open now. People can go check that out. Yeah, we check that out and you can uh, discuss it with us. Yeah, Overlords and Theaters in a couple weeks. Awesome. Um, I don't know about any of these other release dates. Yeah, but I mean, I imagine there are things that we're going to see release dates for, at least some of them soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously, we want to give a huge thank you to Toronto After Dark, who provided us with passes to come check these out. Yeah, I can't can't be more grateful for that. It was awesome. It was mm-hmm. such a fun time. It's such a great festival. And, um, yeah, we got to see a ton of great movies. Absolutely. There's, there's no movie that was boring or uninteresting. They're only mm-hmm. selecting interesting titles. And if you're a fan of the genre... Please next year, you know, get those get those full passes. Totally, take the time off. Yeah, stand in line with the rest of us. Get your seat in uh-huh. class and just you know have an excellent excellent time watching some awesome genre films. See Mick Garris sit in a chair yeah. before you record a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have any like any favorites? Anything that really stood out to you in this one? Yeah. What do you want to do? A top three? Top five? Yeah, I could do a top three. All right, let's do a top three. Yeah, because I, I know mine for sure. Uh, I just had an excellent time with this. Um, so let's, I'll say... Let's hear them while I get my list up. Sure. So um, my third favorite movie of the festival was Satan's Slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an excellent time with it. Kind of hereditary-like um, haunting movie. Great, great, great movie. Yeah. Um, my second favorite was I Am a Hero, the Japanese zombie movie. That one should be out. Check check the internet for that one if you want to see it because it should be out there somewhere. Yeah. It came out in 2015. Um, and then my favorite was, um, prospect prospect. Yeah, baby. <laughs> nice guess, man. <laughs> Great. Yeah. My f- favorite three were, uh, number three would be tigers are not afraid. Nice. Then I would go prospect. Awesome. And then I would go the ranger. Awesome. That's dude. Three, yeah. I'm checking out the ranger as soon as freaking possible. Do it. It's a blast. That's awesome. And you, you scaredy cats should too. Yeah. So uh, you can you can find us online um, if you want to continue these discussions. If you've seen any of these movies, we're text Chris Dave saw on Twitter, Instagram, social media in general. Leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. Yeah, please. We appreciate it. If you're liking this content, we're going to make more for you. So, and yeah, subscribe. we'll be back to you. We'll be, we'll be back at you on Saturday with another app, uh, like usual. Bye bye.